Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. It is Wednesday, the 12th day of January, 2022. Today's program will likely go two minutes over, so I apologize for the extended length. Here we go. In our lives, in the lives of our nation, life of our nation, there are moments so stark that they divide all that came before and everything that followed. They stop time. They rip away the trivial from the essential. And they force us to confront hard truths about ourselves, about our institutions, and about our democracy. In the words of scripture, they remind us to hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gate. Last week, President Harris and I, 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 stood in the United States Capitol to observe one of those before and after moments in American history. January 6th insurrection on the citadel of our democracy. Today, we come to Atlanta, the cradle of civil rights, to make clear what must come after that dreadful day when a dagger was literally held at the throat of American democracy. Boy, quit your clown. Joe Biden actually called Camel Toe Harris the president once again. This man does not even know who the president of the United States is. Hint, Joe, supposedly it's you. Joe Biden called the Capitol riot a coup. And Joe Biden also claims he was arrested in a civil rights protest, another in a series of lies. Joe Biden on Tuesday branded the Capitol riot a coup attempt. He called on the Senate to scrap the usual 60-vote threshold known as filibuster to pass a pair of what they call on the Democrat side election reform and voting rights bills. But his message was clouded by constant lies and distracting gaffes. He sharpened his attack, they say, on former President Donald Trump and his supporters. He once again referred to Camel Toe Harris as President Harris. President Harris and I. And by his assertion that he was arrested multiple times while fighting for civil rights. Here's one of the things Joe Biden said. We're here today standing against force of America and value power of principle. Forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the legally expressed will of the American people by sowing doubt, inventing charge of fraud, and seek to steal 2020 like from the people. He said this while he was standing in front of a bunch of 13% hyphenated American, blafrican people, token black people for show. Then Biden says, they want chaos reign, want people to rule. Battle over soul of America is not over. We must stand strong, stand together, to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, the beginning of a renaissance for democracy. Let me translate that into English, since you can't understand the mumbling, the fumbling, the stuttering, the stammering, the tripping over his own lips. He said, we are here today to stand against the forces in America that value power over principle. 
Was he there to stand against himself? Forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the legally expressed will of the American people by sowing doubt, by inventing charges of fraud, and seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. That's what he said. So let me break that down again. Value power over principle? That's you, Joe Biden. You value power over principle. You cheated your way into office. You tried to cheat your way into the presidency twice before, but your own lies and plagiarism got you in trouble. Forces that attempted a coup? What do you mean? The thousands of Trump supporters with nothing in their hands more than a flag and a cell phone or a banner or a MAGA hat and not a single armed person simply supporting the man who was at that time the President of the United States and by 95% of all polls the man likely to get a second term? By sowing doubt? There was no doubt. The only doubt came in when the polling places and the vote counting places simply boarded up their windows in the darkness of night and the poll watchers were told, go home. And then suddenly, you guys had more votes? Charges of fraud invented? No, they weren't invented. There were valid, legitimate charges of fraud, Gropy Joe. Attempting to steal the 2020 election from the people? That's what you did, Joe Biden. He then said, they want chaos to reign. We want the people to rule. Wrong. You and the Democrats have sown nothing but chaos over the past five years, inventing false narratives, fake impeachment charges, fake news. The battle for the soul of America is not over. Oh, you are so right, Gropy Joe. The battle for the soul of our nation is not over. Republicans are trying their very best to conserve and preserve our democracy. Joe Biden says we must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of our democracy. That's exactly what the January 6th peaceful protests at the ellipse in Washington, D.C. were all about, Mr. Biden. The article says it is unclear if Biden has ever before used the term coup to describe the riot that disrupted the certification of his victory in the Electoral College. He didn't use the word last week in his speech on the first anniversary of what the media calls a deadly riot. I'll remind you, my Truth Hurts program listeners, once again, the only death that occurred during January 6th, 2021's protesting at the U.S. Capitol was a cold-blooded murder of an unarmed white girl by a cowardly black police lieutenant of the Capitol Police Force who gunned down Ashley Babbitt, a United States Air Force veteran, in cold-blooded murder. That's the only death that occurred in the deadly riot. But the mainstream leftist media feels like if they repeat their lie over and over and over again, at least half the people, you know, if you're the average American, half the people are stupider than you, and they happen to be Democrats. They believe half the people will believe their lies. The term coup, C-O-U-P, is generally used by the United States government to describe unrest in foreign countries, armed attempted takeovers or armed takeovers of governments. Biden used the word in the service of a push to pass federal election reforms that they call voting rights reforms that would override recent law changes in Republican-led states. In other words, Biden is attempting a coup of each state whose elected representatives voted for 
reforms to their election laws to prevent fraud. And so you, Mr. Biden, are engaging in a coup attempt over states. Remember states' rights in your civics class? Biden is linking those election law changes in several Republican states directly to the riot and directly to Donald Trump's claims of widespread voter fraud. I don't see the connection, the correlation. Old gropey Joe Biden said, The defeated former president supports you's big lie about 2020 election fuel torment, torment, and anti-voting laws. What? Let me translate that off of the actual transcript. The defeated former president and his supporters use the big lie about the 2020 election to fuel torrent and torment and anti-voting laws. It doesn't matter anymore. Biden, you're the president. Goody for you. But don't sit there and lie to the people and try and make yourself look good by trying to make Donald Trump look bad. Those stalled federal election bills are not expected to pass because realistic, common sense minded Congress people are going to defeat it, including Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and now likely one to two additional senators who know if they vote for these progressive, liberal, socialist, communistic bills, their chances of remaining in office at re-election time in the midterms get flushed down the toilet like everything Joe Biden has ever said. Centrist Democrats and all Republicans are refusing to end the filibuster, and this is pissing off gropey Joe Biden, chuckles the clown Schumer, and even nasty, naughty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi. The issue is a base rallying cause. Chuckle Schumer says he intends to bring the matter to a vote by Milk Day. What's Milk Day, you ask? Why, it's MLK Day. Milk Day. Martin Luther King Day. A federal holiday to honor a law-breaking criminal, a sexual harassment offender. A man with a criminal past who happens to now be revered and honored because he had a dream, y'all. He beat on had himself a dream. And in black America, his dream is being stomped on, urinated on, crapped on, and kicked down the sewers. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream for a colorblind America, for a peaceful America, has gone the way of the dinosaur, which is what Joe Biden should do, go the way of the dinosaur. Old Gropey Joe claims that federal legislation is needed to ensure that people can continue to vote early and vote often and vote by mail. Those vote-by-mail scandals and scams and schemes are part of the reason he is the president. Biden said, Vote-by-mail is safe and convenient way to get more people to vote, so they made it harder for you to vote by mail. No, we don't want it to be harder to vote by mail. Simply prove who the hell you are when you vote by mail. That's all we're asking. If you have so much confidence in voting by mail, Mr. Biden, then what are you afraid of in asking people to prove who they are? You know it's a scandal. You know it's a scheme, a scam, a sham. In stark terms, gropey Joe Biden says he was going to urge Senate centrists to pick a side between racist historical figures and crusaders for civil rights. He said, I ask every life official in America, how you want to be remembered? You want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? You want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide. You have to understand we are a nation of laws, Joe Biden. I know you've spent your entire year finding ways to skirt those laws or outright violate those laws. 
and you managed to cheat your way into the presidency. But the rest of us are expected to be law-abiding citizens, otherwise the entire United States becomes Detroit, becomes Atlanta, becomes other Democrat-run crap holes. After Joe Biden's rambling, ridiculous, barely coherent speech, Republican opponents responded by tweeting out a 1987 article in which Joe Biden recounted praise he had received from the segregationist, the racist George Wallace, while he, Joe Biden, was a young senator. Democrats have seized upon the so-called voting rights issue amid a series of political setbacks that have caused Joe Biden's numbers to plummet in the polls, including the highest inflation in almost 40 years, record-smashing rates of new COVID-19 infections, even though he promised to shut down the virus while he was running for Presidente. There was an article way, way back in the Detroit Free Press, May 1st, 1967, not 1987, as that article wrote incorrectly. This article in the Detroit Free Press was in 1967, not 1987. And in there it said, Super Tuesday provides the South and the Democrat Party with a chance to choose a presidential candidate with broad-based popular support. This according to former Governor Charles Robb of Virginia. Robb said, We can't afford to continue to make the easiest path to the nomination the surest route to defeat in the general election. Most of the Democrat presidential candidates agree with Robb on the importance of the South. Senator Joseph Biden of Delaware, for example, tells Southerners that the lower half of his state is culturally part of Dixie. And he reminds them that former Alabama Governor George Wallace praised him, Joe Biden, as one of the outstanding young politicians of America. Yes, George Wallace is long dead, but we remember Joe Biden. We remember that he praised you for being the kind of guy that George Wallace really enjoyed hanging out with. Now, my friends, in usual fashion, the mumbling, fumbling, crumbling, bumbling, stumbling, tumbling, grumbling, jumbling, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering of Joe Biden was on full display in front of the teleprompter, in front of his notebook, in front of his cue cards, proving yet again that this nearly 80-year-old dementia patient, the Alzheimer's patient, your commander-in-cheat, Old mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey, lying piece of aging crap, Joe Biden is not fit to be the president. He did so in typical Joe Biden fashion, complete with lies, fake news, made-up facts, false statements, contrived figures, and of course, lots of gaffes, along with his lapses in memory, not remembering that he's the president, not Camel Toe Harris, and of course, mumbling and stumbling over words as he mispronunciated them. Miss did what? Mispronunciated, you know, mispronounced. Biden spoke with the teleprompter, the cue cards, and his handy-dandy notebook on the podium. And he avoided looking directly at the camera because, well, I don't think he has the stomach to lie directly to the camera. So his head bobbed back and forth like Obama's, looking like a tennis match spectator, with squinty eyes and lots of spittle as he tried to fumble over the words. He said, all of these gaffes, in front of an audience of AA 13% hyphenated American minorities. He stepped on his own message with all of his gaffes. He said, I did not walk shoes, generation students who walked these grounds, but I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old. I was there as well. You think I'm kidding, man? 
Seems like just yesterday, first time I got arrested. Is that a badge of honor now, Gropy Joe? Getting arrested? Well, I guess it is if you're lying about getting arrested on the same grounds, the hallowed grounds of the civil rights movement. I'll translate it for you. He says, I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds, but I walked other grounds. Because I'm so damn old, I was there as well. You think I'm kidding, man? It seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Now, the White House spokespeople, like little red circle-back girl Jen Pisaki, did not respond to our requests for information on Biden's supposed arrests. His own 2007 autobiography describes no such arrests. You would think that he would remember, right? But again, that was 2007 before he was completely devoid of memory. Poor old guy, I feel so bad for him. In 2020, Gropey Joe famously claimed that he had the great honor of being arrested in South Africa when he was trying to get to see Nelson Mandela on Robben Island, where Mandela was in prison until 1990. He said Mandela thanked him for it later. But later, as you may or may not recall, he admitted that that was an out-and-out -out lie. He says, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. I was not able to move where I wanted to go. So that's kind of like being arrested. Sure it is, Joe Biden. You lying, race-baiting, pandering piece of filth. Biden actually opened his much-hyped speech by calling Camel Toe Harris president, repeating a gaffe that he's made at least three times in the past. This is what he said. Last week, President Harris and I stood in the United States Capitol observed one of those before and after moments in American history. He called her President Harris. He then said, today we come to Atlanta, the cradle of civil rights, to make clear what must come after that dreadful day when a dagger was literally, literally, Mr. Biden, say the words, pronounce the syllables, literally. Literally, health drove American democracy. There was no dagger. There was no knife. There was no gun. It was a few people got a little rowdy and turned over a few table lamps. That's it. Again, the only death in the Capitol riots, as you guys call them, was the senseless murder, the racist, hate-based, hate-crime murder of a white girl unarmed by a black, cowardly Capitol cop. So cowardly, in fact, they spent an entire year not identifying him until the heat was off. Critics rightfully say Biden has misrepresented state laws that Republicans argue are intended to simply reduce the risk of voter fraud and to phase out those COVID-19 pandemic policies that expanded remote voting without requiring identification to prove who was actually filling out and casting those mail-in vote ballots. The Washington Post awarded Biden four Pinocchios in April for falsely describing the new Georgia law's impact on voting hours. He out-and-out, out, outright lied, falsely claiming that Georgia's new voting regulations had reduced the number of voting hours and adversely keep black peoples from the polls. It was indeed a lie. The Georgia law does not alter election day hours and actually expands early voting by adding a second mandatory Saturday. It affirms that counties can open for early voting on two Sundays. It allows counties to extend early voting hours beyond normal business hours. Democrats oppose provisions that require photo ID in order to get an absentee ballot. Democrats oppose provisions that shorten the window of time to vote absentee. And Democrats 
oppose the provisions that require state officials to take over local election offices in response to alleged misconduct. Democrats don't want voting reform. They want to enact laws that allow more cheating at the polls. The federal bills pushed by gropey Joe Biden include the so-called John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act which will force certain states to gain federal approval for changes to election laws. Guess what? That's illegal. States' rights, my friends. The other Freedom to Vote Act would make Election Day a federal holiday and force states to only have their elections on that day. Force states to allow no-excuse mail-in voting. Vote early, vote often. Vote as many times as you'd like. We don't require an ID. And it would require that most jurisdictions allow 10 hours a day of early voting for two weeks before an election. It would also bar states from requiring people to show ID to get a mail-in ballot. And that's where the cheating begins, my friends. Senate Republicans have tried to float a compromise where they would reduce the role of Congress in certifying the results of Electoral College results, arguing that it would eliminate, in effect, the possibility of another riot aimed at reversing a presidential election outcome. I'm sorry, I disagree with that. Gropey Joe Biden's push for federal legislation is likely to amount to very little if wise Democrats like Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, and a few others still being silent on the matter remain unswayed. It is going to take every one of the 48 Democrats and their two caucusing independents, plus the stroke of a pen of Toe Harris to change filibuster rules which would allow this massive debacle to go through. A spokeswoman for Kirsten Sinema said last month that she continues to support the Senate's 60-vote threshold to protect the country from repeated radical reversals in federal policy, which would cement uncertainty, deepen divisions, and further erode Americans' confidence in our government." Unquote. Senator Joe Manchin also supports keeping the 60-vote upper chamber threshold for non-budgetary legislation. And a handful of other moderate Democrats, including Mark Kelly, Chris Coons, Gene Shaheen, John Tester, and others, are not publicly supportive of the move being pushed by Joe Biden and Chuckles the Clown Schumer to eliminate the filibuster. In a way, I kind of am sitting here thinking, hmm, let him do it. Let them eliminate the filibuster because they, the Democrats, are going to be in the minority of Congress after the 2022 midterms. Removing the filibuster for them would be a death knell and would almost guarantee that no more of Gropey Joe's tax and spend and tax and tax again programs could possibly pass through Congress while that feeble old dementia patient still sits in the Oval Office. And speaking of your commander and cheat... An article appeared in The Hill. President Biden is blaming everyone else for surging inflation. Oddly enough, the article was written by a guy named Jimmy Carter with help from Jeff Schmidt. Americans paid more for everything this Christmas, from toys to turkeys. But this bah humbug reality didn't start with the Christmas season. Only 1.4% when Joe Biden took the presidential oath last January. Year-over-year inflation has now come in at over 5% for seven consecutive months since this clown took office. Inflation is a growing problem for Biden because Biden has repeatedly gone out of his way to try and shift the blame away from his administration and his economic policies. 
Anyone who fills up at a gas pump, for example, knows what a big bite those increasing gas prices are taking. And you can see the I did that Joe Biden pointing at the price tag stickers on gas pumps nationwide. He is to blame. But he's trying to blame higher energy prices on those evil oil and gas producers. In November, my savvy listeners might recall, in a letter to FTC Federal Trade Commission Chairman Lena Kahn, Gropey Joe Biden claimed, quote, there is mounting evidence of anti-consumer behavior by oil and gas companies, unquote. There was an investigation and they found absolutely nothing to the lies of Joe Biden. He pledged during the campaign to eliminate fossil fuels from our energy future. Groping Joe Biden's hostility to conventional energy was obvious the day he took office. That was even before, by the stroke of a feeble finger on the mighty presidential pen, Joe Biden canceled the Keystone XL energy pipeline. He took no fewer than two dozen additional actions which directly raised energy prices, and yet Gropey Joe won't fess up to the effect that his policies have had on soaring gasoline, diesel, propane, natural gas, coal, and other fossil fuel energy prices. Affordable, plentiful energy was a hallmark of Donald Trump's tenure in office. Affordable, plentiful energy and energy independence is fundamental to American prosperity. But Joe Biden killed our energy independence by the stroke of a pen. But he's not just pointing fingers of inflation to the energy producers. Remember, he singled out meat producers as the Grinch who stole Christmas, when it is he, gropey Joe Biden, who stole your Christmas. At a press briefing on December 13th, 2021, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki accused meat conglomerates of succumbing to corporate greed. She then charged meat companies with profiteering off of COVID, saying, quote, you could call it jacking up prices during a pandemic, unquote. The North American Meat Institute had none of it. They fired back the President's National Economics Council for attacking its members, an attack that Psaki echoed. They pointed out that the Biden administration conveniently ignored data on rising input costs, rising fuel costs, supply chain difficulties, and labor shortages that impact the price of meat on the retail shelf. Meat producers have a legitimate beef of their own with this White House. If corporate greed is driving prices higher, as Pisaki claims, why was inflation relatively tame until February and March of 2021? The Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 would have certainly had those effects. Rising prices, inflation, etc. long before you put your hand on the Bible and fortunately for you, didn't catch fire. Supply chain trouble started with the pandemic, according to Biden, but the Biden administration has not made things better. In fact, their incompetence has made matters worse. You might recall gay transportation secretary Pete in the booty gag. I say booty gag because it sounds funny. I know it's booty jedge is the way he pronounces it. He tried to blame everything from a shortage of truckers to a shortage of trucks and sidestepped any references to the high gasoline prices caused by Biden's poor economic decisions. He was AWOL while the West Coast ports struggled with daunting bottlenecks. He was AWOL as trucker shortages continued to mount. He was AWOL as our so-called infrastructure continued to crumble despite Joe Biden having his signature transportation bill, the $1.2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill, which hasn't fixed a single road, 
or even put forth a single architectural drawing for a single bit of infrastructure improvements. Despite the Biden administration trying to force union dock workers to work 24 hours, the problem remains. Labor shortages that the meat industry mentioned are not plaguing just the meat industry, but every sector of the economy. By paying people more to stay home than they were getting paid to work, gropey Joe Biden and the Democrats caused all the help wanted signs to raise in every business sector. People got used to stimulus checks. People got used to tax credits when they didn't pay taxes to begin with. They got used to the free money that Mr. Biden and his Democrat cohorts started funneling out, making it rain, like they say in the hood. A report issued last month found that policies enacted to maintain household incomes during the pandemic, which expanded during the Biden administration, are indeed incentivizing workers to simply stay home. And the result is, of course, ongoing labor shortages, elevated tensions, reductions in people's household incomes, Never one to run out of blame and run away from blame, President Biden is now also pointing his finger at the economy itself, claiming that surging inflation is the natural result of the economy rebounding from the pandemic. And you might recall back in July of 2021, Joe Biden said, quote, Reality is you can't flip the global economics light back on and not expect this to happen. Unquote. The reality is you can't flip the global economics light back on and not expect this to happen? Hmm. If inflation is the inevitable result of a rebounding world economy, why is the United States' inflation rate amongst the highest of every nation, especially those of the G20? At 6.8% last month, the highest since June of 1982, the United States' inflation rate is currently higher than the inflation rates of 130 other countries. Now, is our inflation rate because our economy is growing rapidly? No. Third quarter GDP, the latest quarter for which we have official data, was only 1.4% larger in real terms than the last pandemic quarter of 2019. Of course, we also have to look at gropey Joe Biden's multi-trillion dollar binge spending spree, which has only begun. If the president, the speaker of the house, and Chuckle Schumer get their ways, there will be more and more and more spending, which will result, of course, in more and more and more taxing of you, of me, and of even the dumber Democrat voters who voted these idiots into office to begin with. None of the Democrats' tax and spend proposals will solve the root causes of our supply shortages, our price increases, and our worker disdain. It will only make these things go from bad to worse. If Congress wants to continue devaluing our dollar by printing more and more money that they don't have, this will make Americans poorer. This will drag down the levels of disposable income for the average American, and will also plunge us into a recession from which it might become very, very difficult to pull out. Lawmakers could simply stay the course and do what the White House and Senator Bernie Sanders are calling for, spend trillions and trillions more dollars in an already overheated economy. That's just dumb. The bottom line is this, don't expect gropey Joe Biden, don't expect his administration, don't expect the liberals in Congress to take any blame for our mounting economic woes. Perhaps Jen Psaki is actually right. People's psychology is to blame. Only if that psychology leads them to think, falsely of course, that Joe Biden has the first damned clue about how to run an economy.
And that's all the time we have for this extended edition of the Truth Hurts program for Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. Go out there and make it a great day. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.